Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to you're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Ryan O in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. i got one of my favorites in the house, Langston Moore. He's with Society of St. Andrew, and it's ramping up the season of getting out and gleaning, or as I like to say, rescuing vegetables in Mississippi for good cause. Welcome back, Langston. Thank you, Rebecca. It's always good to be with you. I always knew I could always text you in the summer and give you an opportunity to come sit in the (laughs) of course (laughs) come sit in the AC instead of being out in the heat, which which I know you guys do great work in the heat. So let's get to that. When people say, and we can't assume that someone listening understands the good work that Society of St. Andrew does. So how How do you kind of explain the mission? Well, I think the first thing that people need to know is we're not affiliated with the cathedral, nor are we affiliated with the schools. You get that a lot, I'm sure. Yes. We we were started in Virginia in 1979. I'd say long story short, we have expanded to 10 regions across the United States, including Mississippi. And I tell people this, it's kind of funny to me, because I tell people, we're the furthest west region that we have. Right, well, we're not west, but we are the furthest west. west yeah. Yeah. Depend- yeah. So we are the nation's oldest and largest gleaning organization, which you refer to as rescuing. Gleaning is an Old Testament term. Um, it basically says for the farmers to get their harvest and leave the rest for the orphans and the widows. And so that concept um, was done, was thought about in Virginia by three Methodist families. And they actually went for funding, they got funded, and we expanded, like I said. So we use hundreds of volunteers every year. We have um, we have relationships with farmers, about 100, 120, that are generous enough to give us food at no cost. Because, as you know, farmers want people to eat their food. Yes. And if it's going to waste, if they can't get it to market, and there's other things, too, as you know, like food can be unmarketable. You know, they have those cute. Right. They have those companies that make millions mm-hmm. of dollars um, selling ugly I think fruit. That, uh, ugly fruit yeah. is the name of it, yeah. So it can have blemishes, it can be too ripe, not ripe enough, it could be the wrong shape, the wrong size. But it's still perfectly edible, nutritious food, yeah. And like one time I got 60,000 pounds of zucchini. It's a lot of zucchini. Because, you know, the little bitty bottles of water that you get, the bottled water? Mm -hmm. So think that's a regular zucchini. These are like the, the, the big bottles of water. 
They were just too big, and nobody would buy them. But we went and got that food, and we had it distributed, believe it or not, in about three hours once it got to its location. That's the other piece of y'all's magic. Yeah, and um, you know, it's called a crop drop when we do that. We do sweet potatoes is our bread and butter, if you will. Uh, we are the sweet potato capital of the world, and Vardaman, just north of here, is the sweet potato capital itself. And we do a lot of sweet potatoes every year, and. I think I've told this story before to you. We are very lucky in Mississippi because, you know, people say, even in Virginia when they've had our sweet potatoes, they say, we have the best sweet potatoes, and we do. I had one for lunch. Oh, good. We have – so in Mississippi, we get this year's sweet potatoes. But the other states, further from here, they get the warehouse potatoes that are last year's potatoes. So they do lose some of that flavor. Uh, Not nutritional value necessarily, but flavor, definitely. It's not like mine. No. (laughs) No. So we're very lucky to to be in that situation in Mississippi. But we, again, I say we use hundreds of volunteers. On August 19th, we will actually be at Jackson State, which is one of our biggest drops, not in quantity, but in the people that show up. Because um, the students get uh, community service hours by helping us. So we bag up 10,000 pounds of sweet potatoes. It's my understanding um, the last time we did it, unfortunately, the line to get the potatoes was backed up to Ellis Avenue, which is roughly about three miles is what I was told. I'm not sure. So it's a sad situation, but we're blessed to do the work we do. And we do that those 10,000 pounds of potatoes. So the students at JSU yeah. bags the potatoes for you? They bag the potatoes. Um, they have a DJ. They're dancing. Um you know, it's just it's just a really large time and, and a lot of fun and the work we do we don't normally get to see our end user, as how I put it, because we partner with feeding agencies. We tell people to come get a pallet of food, take it back to Hattiesburg or Laurel or up north, wherever they want, so we can touch as many communities as we want to. And you don't have anywhere to store it, so right. that's part of the thing. When you go out and glean it, you got to turn this. You, it's turned so, around. So when it's almost like a call, when you get a call that you have a farmer who has uh, produce available for gleaning, then everything kind of starts going quickly for volunteer <laughs> for. Quickly, as one way to put it, I because guess. it's not necessary. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Lacey, but you don't. I mean, you have a little bit of notice. Like, if you got a call today, you may have a couple of days, maybe a week's notice, but it's not a like is, a week is a lifetime. lifetime. So it's not like you could say, "Hey, you're in in March." You can't say, "Hey, you've got July's weekend. You've got whatever," because you don't know. Because <laughs> right. the farmer also doesn't know. Their hope and prayer is that they can sell as much as humanly possible. Right. So you are getting. You know what? What couldn't be done, and it's their final. You know, okay, here you can have right. it, and they don't know when that's done until that's done. No, and it's like I was telling you earlier, they uh, they don't know what the weather is going to do. We lost most of our blueberries. I would guess eighty eighty five percent of our blueberries in Mississippi were ruined this year because of that late frost. So they depend on that too, just like we do. And like I, I said, a week is a lifetime. It's usually twenty four hours. And the great thing about our organization, we're so very efficient because of our volunteers. And we like to say we go from farm to fork in less than eight hours, and it's usually four. So we're very efficient. Our volunteers love what they do. They love um, helping with food insecurity. They know people are hungry. They see it in their own neighborhoods. I mean, one out of five adults are hungry. You and I 
no people who are hungry. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a it's it's an epidemic. It's almost a pandemic. I mean, it's and oftentimes even if they take the opportunity to visit their local food banks uh, and get those, oftentimes what's missed are those fresh fruits and vegetables that you would have bought had you had the means to do at the store or that you just need more of in your diet. That's regardless, ex- that's right. And the other aspect, the unseen of our work, is we help food pantries with their budget. They don't have to buy that food. There's always a stipend involved with with some food, but we charge nothing for our food. There's no qualifications to get our food. We don't ask questions. If you come to a sweet potato drop and you ask for two, three, five bags, ten bags, we're going to give it to you because our philosophy is we're hyper-local because we don't know who's hungry and just across the way in Vicksburg. We have no clue because I'm not there. Mm-hmm. But a feeding agency in Vicksburg knows their clients. They know the neighborhoods that need the food. And that's how we can reach so many people. And it's just – I like to tell people, if you think about throwing a pebble into water and it ripples, right? Society of St. Andrew is that pebble. So we throw the pebble and our network trickles out and goes across the entire state of Mississippi. Which I think is really cool. I know you always have the numbers. I know this year you're you're ramping up your your um, harvest season or your gleaning season, which we'll definitely get into. But last year's numbers, how many vegetables did y'all rescue? A little bit less than one point five million. And not individual vegetables, pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let me hold, clarify that. Hold on one second. <laughs> like, which volunteer counted <laughs> <Yeah>. all the berries? <laughs> I did, it went straight over my head. I anyway. did. It, it doesn't pounds, matter. Yeah. yeah, about one point five million, which is roughly. 30 million servings of food divided by five it's which is lot. meals yes. I, I, 60 60 sure thousand R- ron is going back there he's like hold on Thank guys you. let me calculate this for you you obviously did not pass math class no that's too many commas i me. had to take one math in college i had to take it three times i know there's a six <laughs> involved what is it rhino no, he says he doesn't know. I wasn't. I wasn't even six hundred thousand, something like that. Okay, well, let's go It with doesn't that. matter. It's a lot. It's a lot of food. Yeah. Um, and I think we're we're tracking at about four hundred thousand right now. Mm-hmm. And some people may say, "Well, you're never going to get there." I mean, it's it's July, right? But it's not sweet potato season yet. So once that starts, we're going to just start moving, um, and we'll move sweet potatoes almost weekly. What else have y'all been moving mostly this up until now? Um, we've had corn, peas, green beans, um, squash, zucchini, tomatoes, everything you think about that you get at the farmers market. We have access to, and uh, we don't care what little amount you have. I was just gonna ask, what about small farmers? Yep. Backyard gardens, we'll take it because, um, just like a gardener, like my dad, he grew way too much food. Usually, it's too many tomatoes. I don't oh, know yeah. why we feel like we need five buckets of tomatoes for a family of four. I know you don't need a bucket of tomatoes for every for every human. <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> but the philosophy my dad had, and then I feel like a lot of farmers have is they want to give the food away they want to feed their neighbors they just have the heart they they want people to experience what they grew and it's just that's how they give back and i know you want people to experience the opportunity of gleaning so we've got some opportunities for that and more coming up next
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. And where down we go. to good things don't forget we are streaming live right now over at supertalk.fm we hope you've taken the time to download the supertalk mississippi app and you can always find us too on your local supertalk mississippi radio station but you can find gallo and middays with jar gibbert tomorrow they're going to be at the neshoba county fair maybe you called it today mississippi's giant house party is back and supertalk is on founder square and as i mentioned both of them will be there tomorrow that's thursday it is one of the most important events of the year and you'll hear from candidates from across the state as election season is heating up and a good congratulations too to Neshoba Central's um, Hattie Hicks. She became the 2023 Miss Neshoba County uh, Fair. So congratulations to to her. And we're continuing our conversation with Langston of Society St. Andrew who said, I wonder how hot it is at the fair. It's probably no hotter at the fair than it is out in the fields cleaning the vegetables but it does usually heat up. It feels like that the Lord has given us a heat wave for all the talks that are coming towards the end of the End, end of the week so it makes the air hotter and <laughs> as if it needs any help okay let's go back to helping you so society of st andrew y'all are statewide here in mississippi gleaning all kinds of, of vegetables and produce you mentioned your mass of volunteers i know someone listening thinks man that would be an interesting way to get in volunteer hours because listen up i mean people who have especially i think it's senior juniors and seniors i know seniors for sure that are going into their senior year you've got to rack up so many right. volunteer hours as well as a lot of other uh, civic type organizations require volunteer hours for students does this count like are they able to count this do y'all work with that to sort of help them knock those out we sure do and thanks for uh, mentioning that i would like to say and add to that we don't have an age limit um a minimum or of course a maximum on who can volunteer we feel like if a parent believes their child um can do the work we're fine with it and if i had to be totally honest they make some of the best volunteers that we have they get excited they lift more than they weigh for the most part and the joy and excitement on their face is just remarkable and it's a blessing for me to see it and it's real easy to sign up to volunteer you can go to end end hunger dot org backslash volunteer and you will see it says become a volunteer i believe and it's a real easy form to fill out now understand if you're filling that out we're not going to be calling you and and bugging you we simply will you will start getting emails when our coordinator letitia m skinner uh, puts an event in our event um, folder you'll get an email to tell you where we're going to be hopefully you'll get it in time um, but as we alluded to earlier, a lot of times we have a 24-hour turnaround. Um, Jackson State, one reason it's so good is she knows that she's going to have her drop on the student service day, which is August 19th this year. So we have access to sweet potatoes all year long if we want them. So we can go ahead and schedule the potatoes to be delivered. We can do everything. So that's one reason it goes so smoothly. 
But the other things, like I know you had an email that came out the other day, or you had texted me and said you were looking for, was it pea pickers? Yes. <laughs> yes. On a Friday morning. Yes. Desperately needed people to come pick peas. So that is something where if you sign up, but you get the, I mean, the right to refusal. Nobody's dragging you out there. No. But know that you may not have much warning. Right. And, you know, one thing I want to say about the fair <laughs> that's different than the field is the fair has trees and for the most part we don't have any shade in the field Mm -hmm. so it's tough um, to find resting points but we always invite people to go sit in their car and we we always have plenty of hydration available Uh, it's a good fellowship time and um you know i picked peas i remember i shelled peas all the time growing up but i know i don't i don't remember picking them because I was so sore Saturday morning after doing that. But our dear, our mutual dear friend, um, Lydia West, came to the rescue and, and helped us pick peas along with two other individuals. So it was a good time. I can remember my granny had to be the best pea picker ever. I mean, she had she didn't have the biggest hands, but however she could hold that many peas, you know, you go down the oh, line yeah. and you hold them all in one hand, so you, then you put the full hand the full handful in your bucket and doing whatever and then they would come and sit them down and you sit outside and you have the big silver bowls and you would sit there and just snap 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 yeah. snap um, until your little heart was just snapped completely you know completely <laughs> out it. and that's that's how you spend a lot of your summer days but it all goes back to if you enjoy that or so a good way to give back uh, to sort of I guess reminisce in that if you don't have your gardens anymore and still get it's good exercise too oh, it's, it's sort great of exercise good sort of uh, fellowship as well um, and the year I got the opportunity to go at Blueberries, uh, Blueberry Farm, myself and now the news director, JT, uh, went with me uh, in, is it not Hamas? Maybe yeah. Hamas, Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. And it was um, baseball teams. It was a sporting team, youth sporting okay. team, I think, that were out there doing it as a team building oh, nice. um, exercise. They were gleaning blueberries and having the friendly competition of who could fill up their five gallon uh, bucket. Uh, quickest and also have that um, I guess layer of service built into their team right. camaraderie. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, we, we welcome corporations um, to come out too and youth groups are, are really good and also I'd like to talk about a volunteer opportunity that's not that stressful and not much physical activity involved. Oh, come so on. the Presbyterian women at um, Briarwood Presbyterian where my office is housed, uh, about once every other month they cut bags for us. Now I'll tell you what that means. We order bulk mesh and it comes on about a 125 pound roll and it's not cut. It's just one thing of mesh but the mesh is I don't know what you call you can make a sack out of it, okay? Yeah, if you go and buy like a ten pound uh, bag of to put put to put tomatoes, that <laughs> that <laughs> or onions or onions or lemons. <laughs> Talk that's, about GMOs. <laughs> yeah, that's the bag. That's the bag. Yeah. Yes. And so we figured out that if you cut it to thirty two inches, you can get about ten pounds of sweet potatoes, and you just tie one end. It's very efficient. It's quick. It's easy. It's a good fellowship opportunity. And if you think about it, Rebecca, if we don't have red bags, we don't do our job mm-hmm. because we can't ask people to bring stuff. Uh, you know, we have to make sure it's the right thing. People, we can't use garbage bags anymore like we used to. We've probably been poisoned all our lives. Who knows? <laughs> um, I do have a funny story about that. About uh, poisoning yourself? Well, not 
poisoning myself. But uh, when I was volunteering for the Society of St. Andrew, we were out in a turnip field. And Andy Lemon at the time was the coordinator. And he brought the boxes for us to put the turnips in. And I didn't notice that. I had no clue until somebody took a picture with me. And I put this picture in a presentation where I'm holding a box with turnip greens in it. Well, the box <laughs> happened to be a black flag. Um, Killer, you know the the spray killer, <laughs> bug spray. I couldn't find the word. That's what it was. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we don't do that anymore. It's like you're, you know, donating your liquor boxes to the to the yeah. church for moving boxes. That's or... it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but you know, it's the job done, and it was, you know. Also, I would like to put out a cry, I guess, for. If anybody does not know what to do with five-gallon buckets they may have laying around, bring them to me. We use those like crazy, and they're a big help because we don't pick and then bag them in the field. That's just not efficient. So any kind of containers you're not using at home that you want to find a home for, you can email me at mississippi at endhunger.org, and I'll be happy to make arrangements to come pick it up. Because those are things that can be used over and over and over again. But the bags, you guys need those um, every year all the time. And even as we move into winter, fall, we're, yeah. we're going to get there, guys. We're going to get to the fall. We're going to get to the winter. Those months are coming. <laughs> um, and then you are looking for still service opportunities. This exactly. is an easy way to do that, like within your own um, kind of thing. We had we made a really fun competition out of the bag tying. Um, and it's really cool to set up different teams. Yep. And then see who can tie the most bags in an hour. Right. And it all goes back to a good cause. But then you just kind of have the bragging rights, and then you get to do it the next year, right. and then sort of the next year, and see who can carry on the, you know, the winning score. I can't. It's a school. It, it may be uh, St. Andrews around here. Someone used to have the top score of number of bags that were cut and tied within an hour. I've never even heard that. <laughs> really? No, I'll have to go back and um, yeah, do my due diligence and, and figure it out. I, um, I, a classroom of, I think, eighth or ninth, or ninth graders whooped our tail. Okay. And we made it. I mean, we made close to 1,000 in an hour. It was two teams. but. Well, you know what? I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Crossgates United Methodist. I actually went over there about two or three weeks ago. They had bags ready for us, and they told me it was about 6,000 bags. Okay, so they beat us. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's it, it wasn't in an hour. That's setting it, the bar kind of high. Yeah. It's it wasn't in hours over weeks probably so. But still, but you will come and drop off the spool and then they will. I will spool scissors. I'll bring water if you want me to. Anything. Anything. Yeah. Anything that you need. All Besides right. I need you money. To stick with us. We got some more good things for you coming up next. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
Everyone knows all about my direction. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also watch us on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. You can catch Sports Talk Mississippi. They are going to be at Trustmark Park and the home of the Mississippi Braves on Thursday for a special event. KLLM will be unveiling the public the 2023 Ole Miss, MSU, and Southern Miss and JSU football equipment custom-wrapped tractor trailer, so that's going to be a good time. And then on Friday, they're going to be on the move in Hattiesburg. That's Sports Talk Mississippi for the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball D1 and D2 World Series. That should be a good time. There'll be a ton of teams coming from states as far away as Virginia and North Carolina to represent their state in the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. That's Sports Talk Mississippi at the Larry Dolick Baseball Complex in Hattiesburg coming up on Friday. So it is a busy week for the boys here on Super Talk. So make sure you stay tuned in. Got our guest Langston Moore with Society of St. Andrews still with us. When I say baseball, does that make your heart go pitter patter? Just a little bit, like soon, because you you had you spent how many hours on a baseball oh, field with your son? I don't know, I, I can't even guesstimate that. And now he you tell tell parents to hold on to it uh, tightly because it does go by fast. It, it was quick. It was really really quick. His senior year, what two three years ago it was. It was just a blip. When he first started baseball versus mm-hmm. now, how has the I guess the all star sort of scene in Mississippi grown? Because I know now you've got the complex, obviously, in Hattiesburg. You've got the great complex mm-hmm. there in Oxford. I think there's – I know there's one in Tupelo. There's several on the Gulf Coast. It just feels like – Cenotopia. There's, yeah. there's a multi-use one over in Vicksburg where you can play softball, baseball, and soccer. It's beautiful. And it's all – you know, everybody's going to artificial turf, which is fine with me. I love it. Um, it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's hot as all get out. But – you know, I think baseball will always be here. I think it had a dip, and I think with the generation between me and my son, I guess, I mean, the generation right before my son, I think that's when it really started picking up again. And now, you know, you have so many former players that are coming back um, after the, what if they went to the show or they went to the minor leagues or, or whatever, they're coming back and they're giving back through coaching, through open and practice facilities. And if you think it's not a billion dollar industry, you're, you're wrong. You I know? guess I never thought about that being playing a part into the popularity of it because you do have those that maybe their career at a higher level has ended, but yet they're coming back and, and starting the opportunity or, and also having the opportunity there to create businesses or coaching opportunities where they're now developing younger mm-hmm. athletes better. If They would probably have been better had they had. Oh sure, you know that kind of instruction at eight, nine, ten, Man, eleven, that, and, and you know people in in my age group, there was nothing like that. It was dad, um, and I look. And some people wish it could go back a little bit like that, though. Oh sure, um, and I was I was able to be very active with my son, and you know I was able to coach him for about four years, and um, you know it was just a joy to see him love the game like I did, and. Um, but I mean, as soon as his senior game was over, uh, he hung him up like he was done. And I was like, you know, I didn't push him. I was like, good for you. Well, you know, I think that's encouraging because some parents, I know there's a lot of um, time, energy, and resources that goes into youth and then high school ball and of all balls of all kinds soccer mm-hmm, ball, mm-hmm. Base, baseball, volleyball. Volleyball, now it's big, softball, all the balls. And. <laughs> 
<laughs> and swimming can throw dance all those the cheer throws in there too and it's like the pool of that who actually makes it to the next level is so small right oh, and man. then the pool from that to the next but if your kid just has a wonderful time developing great skills physical activity learning the other good things that come from being in a team sports the ups and sorts of the downs you know there needs to be the celebration too of like this season the story mm. ended it does you are not you did not fail or there's not that expectation yeah. that you have to go into that next right. level or so that next chapter because i think a lot of kids carry like they have so much pressure on them during their high school years to make or not make the next. Right. It takes away the joy and the excitement that they could actually have on just being part of the, the you know the varsity whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I grew up in rec ball because really this organized stuff was, was <laughs> Let, not really tell us, around. Tell us you're old without telling us you're old. <laughs> That's Langston. it. I know, um, but I chose my son to grow up in rec ball and we did that until he was 13 and he he grew and loved the game and we did a little bit of i mean we played select ball but we played in the metro like i didn't have the resources to travel nor did i want to so it's a it's a big industry and i, I mean i love it and i applaud um the dads who are involved because i mean they're needed now and you know Looking at baseball in Mississippi with, you know, two out of the last three College World Series being won by Mississippi teams, uh, I think it sparked an even bigger interest in this state for baseball. And um, I love it. But, you know, it's uh, it's hot. It's really hot. And it's, it's hard to stay cool out there. And you get irritable. And uh, one time, uh, my wife, who never – didn't grow up in baseball, of course, and she had brothers, but they didn't play. She told me at a tournament one time, we were getting rained out, and it was rained out, and it was rained out, and postponed, and this and that. And we were out there at 930 at night and been out there all day. And she said, okay, you ready to go? I'm like, we're playing like right after this game, like probably at 11 o'clock. She said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. She said, she looked at me without blinking her eyes. She said, this is the absolute worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and there's probably a lot of families listening that that definitely resonates with. But then if they win, it was worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we won that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of all part of it. And you look back on it, you definitely had a lot of memories. I yeah. think it's cool that it's also being used as, you know, this economic driver for smaller communities that are investing in these facilities to to house and host these things. I mean, it's become like a like a travel, not only it's like a tourist, it's like so oh, yeah. I don't have that yet, but used to as a group of runners would look at we would make destinations out of um, yeah. um things to go and do like races to go and run and i know like the mississippi blues marathon is a destination for so many yeah, that brings is. a lot of outsiders in to do some you know to run that as well as the mississippi gulf coast now has um, a growing marathon and um, half marathon that they that they also utilize so these physical things have an opportunity to really add into tourism dollars yeah. for for towns and communities so you know why not why not do it for the you know for the youth uh, well i'm not running and i mean i'm not a runner <laughs> but if you see me run and run you know that story <laughs> yes. but i have a neat story i was flying back from atlanta like the thursday before the marathon one year mm -hmm. and 
I was on, on the last flight, I believe, probably, and there were so many languages being spoken on that plane. Oh, I thought you meant, like, I'm like, yes, running will make you do that? <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, so it was real neat to see, they were all coming for the marathon, mm-hmm. and it was really cool to see the impact that my state was having, and I can say it worldwide, I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, so it was really cool. Which I think is is neat too to watch um, the, the the interest in our state. I know you've made a career out of working different jobs, uh, Langston, that sort of promotes all the good that yeah. that Mississippi um, has to offer. You could have moved and lived anywhere. Why do you Why do you stay? Wow. Specifically, I, too, in the in the capital city. Yeah, I love Mississippi. I love our people, and I think that's the number one answer. Um, it's home. It's it fits me. It fits me. It, I, I, I can't do too well in traffic, you know. And I live. Low expectations. I live in Jackson. <laughs> I know. I live in Jackson. I love Jackson. Um, as a white male, I get laughed at a lot for living in Jackson. But I believe in Jackson. I believe Jackson's not going away. I believe it is my duty to support my capital city. Um, And it's just, it's a convenience thing, too. I mean, we have like a four-mile radius that we travel in and get everything we need. And I love Mississippi, period. You know, my wife and I, we don't go off on vacation. We go on day trips throughout the state to see our state. Favorite place y'all have gone? Ooh. Rolling Fork was great. Um, Rolling Fork was special. Um, it really was. And there's a man there, and you probably need to get him on. I'll get your contact. He owns um, an art shop. It's He's a welder by trade. And he takes, for lack of a better term, the teeth from a cotton picker, and he makes art out of it. And he has everything you can think of, Rebecca. Microphones, headphones, tractors. We have a dragonfly, a crawfish, anything and everything he has. I believe his name is Mr. Lee. And I would love for you to have him on. And he, his shop survived, from what I understand. At, I mean, his shop didn't survive, but the store did. The store did. Yeah. All righty, Langston, it's always a pleasure having you in and catching up. We won't make it so long the next time, but if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, Mississippi at endhunger.org is the easiest way to get me. Thanks for your graciousness. Not, not spitting water on me when I made you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all stick with us. we got more for you next. <laughs> Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a morning time and we're going strong. You can 
watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can catch us on Roku and the Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can also catch good things on Ceasefire TV if you've got that. We are on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. You can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget that Guns N' Roses is coming to the coast. you got the crew. They will be there uh, at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum or the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. Either way, you know where I'm on the coast in the coliseum they're coming september the 20th and we want to give you an opportunity to have some a vip experience you could win tickets to guns and roses you can also get a night stay at the luxurious beau rivage and get a limo ride to and from the concert you got to be 21 to enter you need to go to supertalk.fm slash gnr find a registration box near you and that's it register put your name in the hat and then we will let you know if you win when we do that don't know when that'll be but it'll be before september the 20th i can guarantee you that and what also is before september the 20th it's also on the mississippi gulf coast is the mississippi aquarium is celebrating gulfport's 125th anniversary with discounted admissions you can find the whole article over at supertalk.fm but i think that's pretty cool from 3 p.m to 5 p.m on saturday guests are able to get a jump start on their anniversary with 12 dollars and 50 admissions at the aquarium and if you've been down there Lately, that is a steal to get into the Mississippi Aquarium. If you want to um, check out all of the information, you can do that over at supertalk.fm. If you were making last-minute trip before school starts, uh, you can do it that way. And if you're also looking for something fun to do the last weekend before school starts, for many of us, well, that's a lie. So a lot of us have already started school. I've seen that many have gone to maybe the year round and you've already started school. But the first weekend, it still feels like summer for many of us. You've got um, the rodeo, the Keith Killebrew Memorial Rodeo that's coming up this weekend. And our girls, Chapel Heart, are going to be performing at the Mississippi Coliseum coming up Friday night, July the 20th. 28th, and there are still tickets available. So if that is something you want to travel in for or don't want to miss out on, how cool would it be to have a sold-out crowd at the Mississippi Coliseum for our favorite uh, Chapel Heart? And so um, you can go and check out that. Tickets are still available. And I have to wish you, Rhino, a happy Uncle Day. It is oh. Aunt and Uncle Day. It should have more publicity and PR than it does. <laughs> and I don't have any photos of you and your your wonder nieces or your ninja nephew, but happy Uncle's Day. Thank you. And happy Aunt's Day, too, to all the great aunts and all the great uncles out there who treat their nieces and nephews as if they are their own and who are glad their nieces and nephews aren't their own, but love them. <laughs> Love them the same. I, you know, everybody deserves to have that great. And, you know, aunt, like, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, you can always have those surrogate aunts and uncles in your life that weren't biological, but they just sort of fit that bill where a mother figure is much more loving and nurturing and trying to, like, protect you. The aunt and the uncle, they're the cooler ones who absolutely love you and absolutely are there for you, but they're going to bail you out of jail and they may help you get your first tattoo. Like, that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to take you to that inappropriate movie probably a year too soon, and they're going to let you stay up later than you should every time. And Buy dessert, the little ones all the noise-making toys. Dessert always comes before the main meal, and then, you know, those kind of things. That's what kind of a good aunt and uncle are 
or four, uh, I think. It's just being, you get to be a little rough around the edges with Yeah, the grandparents spoil them, and the aunts and uncles teach them mischievousness. Yeah, in a, but hopefully in a respectful sort of, you know, sort of manner, which I think is... Um, well, there's a difference in being mischievous and being naughty. a delinquent. Yeah, I totally agree. Yes. And everybody should have that aunt or uncle's number in their phone in case they do find themselves needing to call someone in a pinch. You probably should call your aunt or uncle first and come bail you out before calling your parents. Or maybe that's just my kid. I don't know. I bet would your would your wonder nieces I, mean, I know that there's a distance thing in there, but did would they feel like they could call you if they needed not that they would ever I need like to, to be bailed, so. bailed out. And Although then, my family is always, t- well, not always, before we came along. I don't think it was this way. But when I came along and then my younger brother came along 15 months later, it was fairly early on in our mischievous run when we were adolescents when Dad set us down and goes, all right, look, I will come get you out of jail, no questions asked, one time. You have one get-out-of-jail-free card. Use it wisely. That's good parenting. I definitely knew who to call. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Or who not to call. Stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys from us with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. But Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things for you. Good things for you. Good things for you. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.